Hello, Mama. It's morning here. I'm hearing the rooster crow. I've got my coffee. I am so excited for today's episode. It's going to be good. We're talking about expectations. We're going to dive deep into setting expectations in marriage. This is the last marriage episode, but we will have more down the road. Don't worry. We've explored God's design for marriage, the roles of a wife and husband, healthy communication, and so many more things. Today, we're going to talk expectations. Expectations are a tricky thing. We know what we want. We know what we want our spouse to do. We know the results we're hoping for. But then it doesn't happen. Does that sound familiar? When you have expectations that are too low or too high, or you don't communicate those with the ones around you, especially your spouse, it's destined to lead to disappointment. That disappointment ends up infiltrating all the other areas of your marriage and your mental state. Before you know it, those things you used to find endearing about your spouse or they weren't an issue, they're causing you to cringe each time, even though they're so insignificant, but they've become huge. Then suddenly your marriage is on the rocks and you have no idea why. All you know is your spouse just can't do anything right anymore. What changed from before? We will unravel the transformative power of open communication within expectations taking a bit of a deeper dive into communication from last week's episode in relation to our expectations. We're going to talk about grace and forgiveness and aligning our expectations with God's purpose for our marriage and the expectations we set on ourselves and our spouse. Whether you're a newlywed, a seasoned spouse, or someone seeking guidance in relationships, or even a single parent longing to find that partner in your life, this episode is an episode you need to hear. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. Okay, quick little side note. You have to stick around to the end because you will hear a nice little scream every so often in the background and you get to hear what I hear every single morning when James wakes up. It is absolutely ridiculous and I don't know how to get him to stop because the boys are going to be sharing a room soon as soon as the twins get here. Please send help. Did you sign up for the Restored Mama Method yet? The program will open for the new round February 1st. So you can sign in now through the end of the month of February. When you sign up for the group coaching program, you are going to get a free planner. Remember that planner I created special for you? Yep. I'm going to send it to you for free. In the Restored Mama Method, we'll address your physical, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual needs as a busy mom and wife. All the things you love about this podcast, we will dive deep into it. And you're going to have me to help guide you through every step of the way for a full six months. The planner is just a helpful tool to guide you to the organized state that you dream of being. 
as we work through every area of your life to bring joy, freedom, and time back to your chaotic mom life. Doesn't that sound great? You will see chaos dissipate, the joy return, and a new freedom. That anxiety and dread that you feel when you think of that endless to-do list or the difficult situation that you're facing, it won't be dread anymore. You'll be able to face your day, your season, with an excitement of what's to come, with a mindset set on God, all while being mindful and present in the little moments of the day. Trust me. Well, when you join the program, you won't have to trust me because you're going to experience it for yourself. But trust me, when you live your life in a mindful state and learn to trust God, shift your mindset and organize your days, your weeks, and your months in a productive way, adding in the spiritual and practical components, life becomes amazing. It's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but it is truly amazing. I can't wait to help get you there. Head over to RestoredMama.com, check it out, get signed up for the program today. Spots are limited. And this next group signups, they close February 31st. And then you have to wait a whole another six months. You don't want to wait. If you miss this sign up, you're going to have to wait a full six months to join the next group. And 2024 is going to be close to over by then. No, it's not your last chance. And no, you don't have to get started beginning of 2024. But don't you want to? Don't you want to live this life on purpose this year? Don't you want to take full advantage of the year that God has given you? And by the end of the year, stop looking back and saying, what happened to this year? What did I even accomplish? This is the time to do it. Of course, if you aren't ready to sign up for the program, there is always the one-on-one coaching that I provide that you can use while you wait for the next group to start. But trust me, as much of a help as I am one-on-one, the group program offers so much more. There's something about community. So head over to RestoredMama.com or you can click the link in the show notes to check it out. Oh, the twins are growing. I'm feeling good. I'm getting big. It's already starting to affect my breathing. (laughs) This pregnancy is easier than the other so far, though. Other than that initial exhaustion, any of you have twins? That first trimester exhaustion is a whole nother level. But we are all healthy and doing great. I'm in the zone of decluttering and organizing. We don't have much clutter. I hate clutter. But we have things that we don't need. And with the twins coming and our house being so small, I need to make as much space as possible so we can fit all our kids in our tiny house until we can move to a bigger house. This house would have fit us all. It would have been wonderful for a while. But then we had the beautiful surprise of the twins. Now our plans need to adjust. But God knew this was coming. So he has something in store for us. Anyway, to make the house more organized, streamlined, and simple to work around, I have some big plans. I also want to do this with you. If you haven't joined the Facebook group or followed me on Instagram, head over and follow now and join the group. If you follow on Instagram, you'll be able to see as we work through the house and get ready for twins in the process as we bring on two more kids. If you join the Facebook group, you can join in. I want to organize and declutter with you. Do you have a room that drives you crazy? Let's organize and declutter together. Links to both the Facebook community and my Instagram are linked in the show notes. All right. Let's move into our topic today, the final episode in this marriage series, expectations. So what are healthy expectations? In order to set healthy expectations in a marriage, you have to be able to define it. I have high expectations for myself. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I like things orderly, organized, and done right. This is okay for me to have these kind of expectations on myself, as long as it doesn't push me to an unhealthy state of perfectionism. Actually, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist. I am intentional, and I want things done with excellence. Perfection and excellence are different. I can't expect those around me to perform the same way I do with things. 
I can expect my children to want to do things with excellence. I do expect them to want to do things with excellence. It's a biblical principle. That's what I've taught them. But their excellence is different than mine. Very basic example. When I pick up the dog poop, I want to walk around the entire property, look closely for every pile I can see, and I get it all. When Georgia does it, which is the majority of the time because it's her chore, I expect her to pick it up with excellence. That means walk around the entire property, pick up every pile you can find, and throw it away. Now she may miss piles, and that's okay, as long as it's not intentional. She needs to do her absolute best to actually try to find every pile she can and pick it up. If she misses some and she actually tried and worked hard, then that's okay. She missed some, she'll get the next time. But she just needs to do better and look a little harder next time. She needs to learn from that for the next time she does her chore. Her excellence is different than mine. My expectations for the quality is different for her than if it were to be me out there. Now, the older she gets, the more she does it, the higher the expectations are. But they need to be realistic for her ability in that season. I know it's picking up dog poop. It's hard to mess it up, but that's just a very basic example. Sometimes it's hard to have healthy expectations for our kids. My daughter has always been more advanced in a lot of things that she can do. She catches on quick, she learns quick, and she works hard. When she was three, she was able to talk and physically do a lot more than James. I had higher expectations for her when she was three than I do for James currently, but she showed me she was capable of what she could do. I didn't push those expectations on her and then get mad when she didn't meet them, but she started doing things and then I raised my expectations as she learned and grew. James, he is so smart and wonderful, but I am learning that boys and girls at that age are very different. I've heard it and now I'm seeing it firsthand. I see what he is capable of and I set my expectations for him accordingly. Then, as we work on things and he learns, I raise my expectations. He is fully capable of carrying his dishes into the kitchen. So when he doesn't want to, he says, it's too heavy. But I know he can. I don't let him just leave the table and and then I take care of it because he's complaining it's too heavy. I know he can pick it up. It's an expectation I have set and he knows the rules. Caleb, you know, he's only one. Clearing his place is not an expectation. I just pray he stops throwing his food on the floor so I have less to clean up at dinner time. We are getting there. Georgia at 11, she's expected that she clears her place and not only takes her dishes to the kitchen like James does, but she needs to rinse them off and help clean up. She doesn't like it, but it's an expectation. So what about when it comes to marriage? It's easy to set expectations and let our kids know what they are. But you can't set expectations and tell your spouse, hey, this is what I expect. I know you're capable, so do it. (laughs) that won't go over well no matter how great your relationship is. It starts with communication and respect. Remember us talking about that last week? Setting healthy expectations have a few core aspects. You've got communication, respect, shared values, time, encouragement, growth, forgiveness, change, and adaptation. They're realistic, they're clear, and they should promote a positive connection between both of you. Now, we don't have time to talk about every single one of these, but I do want to expand on a few of them. If your expectations for your marriage or for your spouse are skewed, you're going to constantly be disappointed. You'll be hurt or upset. It will be impossible for your spouse to do anything right in your mind because you have these expectations that either have not been communicated or they're unrealistic. Healthy expectations are not about perfection, but about creating that foundation. It's essential to discuss and align on your expectations. This allows room for flexibility and growth as your marriage grows, because it does. We are all human. We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. Having expectations of perfectionism is just a setup for failure. No one will be able to live up to that. Not even you, as much as we want to sometimes. It's not possible. 
All right. So the first thing I mentioned was communication. We learned about healthy communication last week and how to grow in our communication. So how does that apply to expectations? Talk about them. Communicate them. If your spouse doesn't know what you expect, you're setting them up for failure. Do you expect them to help clean up dinner? Let them know what you want for them. Not in a demanding way. Remember, we talked about how to communicate in a gentle and loving way. You want to communicate your expectations gentle. I'd appreciate your help in this way. I'd appreciate your help to help clean up dinner. That type of conversation. Expectations can be big or small, but they need to be communicated. I handle the budget for our family. Budgeting isn't Johnny's strong suit. It's just worked much better for me to take it over. But if I don't communicate where we're at in the budget, did we go over in an area and need to pull from a different area in our budget? He needs to know. Are we short? Do we have extra and need to decide where the extra goes? What are we spending on gifts for that special occasion? If I don't communicate with him where we're at in our budget, he has no idea. And then we're very likely to go over budget. The expectations for spending that month need to be communicated. But it's not me sitting down telling him. I tell him where we're at in the budget and I show him, but we have a conversation around it. And then you need to make sure they're realistic. Does your spouse work 12-hour days and get home well after dinner is done? Barely enough time to change clothes and say hi before going to bed? Expectations of them helping to clean up on those days probably aren't very realistic. And vice versa. Was your day massively long? Kids were out of control. You had multiple meetings for work. Barely got dinner on the table. Your ability to do anything more that evening? It might be pretty limited, so certain expectations may not be realistic for you that evening. Okay, now a pretty drastic one here. Maybe you experienced something like this, or maybe not. But in the denomination that I grew up in until I was 10, it was common for the husbands to expect the wives to be up before them, ready for the day, breakfast made, hair done. They shouldn't be seeing their wives in curlers. They were going to leave at 4 a.m. to go fishing? His wife better be up before him, dressed, hair done, breakfast ready, meals packed for him for the day. Okay, realistic? I think not. It's unfortunate that they preach something like that from the pulpit, and I am so thankful that I'm not a part of something like that anymore. But you see, those are actual expectations that were put on some of their wives. As absurd as that sounds, maybe there are some expectations you've placed on your spouse that aren't as blatantly absurd, but they aren't realistic. Does your wife have a desire and passion to start a business, but you believe she should be barefoot, pregnant, and in the kitchen raising your kids? God put that desire in her for a reason to start that business. And maybe your expectations need to be adjusted. Okay, there's nothing wrong with barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. That's been me almost our entire marriage. But I love it. I love being in the kitchen. I love raising our kids. I love, well, I don't love being pregnant, but I love having kids. And I love cooking, taking care of our home, being a mom and a wife. But it's not an expectation my husband placed on me. I actually worked out of the house for a while in the beginning of our marriage. It was necessary. He didn't place those expectations on me. He is supportive for my dreams and desires. Does your husband work 12-hour days, five days a week for the overtime, and then he comes home and you expect him to be alert and pitch in on those days to help in the house? It's not very realistic. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't help, but plan and set the expectations for when he hasn't worked so long or has a day off and communicate that. Some expectations are just ridiculous sounding, and some aren't, but they still aren't very realistic. Sit down and think through some of those expectations that you've placed on your spouse. Have you communicated that? Are they aware? And are they realistic expectations? Or is this something that you've built up in your head and you think he should be doing or she should be doing, but yet you haven't communicated that? Or is that possible for your husband or your wife to be able to do? Is it actually possible? You probably have a combination of all of these things. 
I never automatically expected Johnny to help unload the car when I would go home, but he just does it every time. So now it has become an expectation because of the consistency of him coming to help. We haven't actually talked through this, but he showed it in his actions. I find myself getting frustrated sometimes when he doesn't do that, and I have to stop myself. I remind myself that is something that he is doing because he wants to help, and he loves me, and he knows it's a lot of work to unload the car and get all the kids. And then I realized I never even told him I was home. I got out, he wasn't out there to help, and I automatically jumped to the frustration of him not helping. I didn't communicate. It's a realistic expectation. That's something that he placed on himself, but I need to communicate. I can't just automatically jump to that frustration. There are many more aspects to healthy expectations that I mentioned, but I want to keep this episode from getting too long. So there's two more I want to touch on, and then we're going to close. One of the first episodes I did in this series, we talked about God's purpose for marriage. And we talked about respect and love. And all of these things, they all go together. Communication, respect, love, God's purpose, the role of a wife, the role of a husband. They all mash together to make something so beautiful that God has created. But it's up to us to learn how to manage this, how to do this in a godly way. So when you can set your expectations with respect and understanding that things are going to change or adapt, those are the next two things I'm going to talk about, things are going to change big time. All of your expectations for your spouse, whether you're the husband or the wife, they need to be out of respect for the other person. Your expectations shouldn't be out of a selfish desire. Do you remember that respect episode I did? Yes, it was directed for the wife to their husband, but respect goes both ways. It's a mutual thing. Your expectations shouldn't be out of selfishness, but out of love, respect. Listen to those episodes. So setting those expectations, like my husband helping to clean out the house, help me to unload the car, I respect him, what he is good at and what his schedule is and what he needs to get done. So when it's time to clean the house and I need his help, we have a conversation about what needs to happen. I really need some help to get some cleaning done this weekend. This was a busy week. I didn't get this and this and this and this done. What are your plans? When will you have some time to help me? I've set the expectation that I need the help and I would like him to help me. And then what I need the help with. And I've shown respect for what he needs to do as well. Then we communicate through how we can both do what needs to get done and he can satisfy the expectations I have of him helping me in the house. And out of respect for me, he does the same. He asks what I need to do, what I need help with, and when he will be needed for that weekend. If I have a busy week and I really want to relax in the bath that weekend when he's home, this is when I tell him and we make a plan. I need to get some work done or I have some coaching calls with my clients lined up. This is when I communicate that to him. I am also in the middle of studying to get my real estate license. Ooh, I'm excited. If I need some extra time to work on that, I communicate that to him. And we show each other that mutual respect in our schedules and our needs to plan accordingly. Respect also relates to a couple examples that I gave earlier. Remember that denomination I talked about? The said wife should be up and ready and all that before her husband. The crazy extent they took that. There's a lot of other things in that, and I won't get into it. But that's definitely not respectful to his wife. But also not so blatant. The expectations we can put on our husbands of helping after working 12 hours and then all the other things that they need to do. Then we expect them to help us too. That's not respectful to them. If you'd like them to help, that's a conversation that needs to be had. And you can let him know what you need and ask what he's able to give at that time. Don't just automatically expect that he is going to jump up and help. 
I talk about a lot that my husband leaves early for work and then gets home really late. He works long hours, has three-day weekends. It's totally worth it. He doesn't have much left to give in the evenings when he works, but he is able to help with the dishes. So that's what he does to help. But it took being respectful to him and having a conversation to come to that agreement, which has now become an expectation. But I show him respect. I show him respect for the hard work that he does. And he shows me respect for the hard work that I do during the weekdays. Just because I'm not out and working hard in laborious jobs, I am at home and I'm working hard with the kids. I'm working hard with our home. I'm working hard with my business. And he respects that. And he shows that by helping out in the areas that he can when he gets home, even though he's tired. All right. Change or adaptation. This is pretty basic, but just be aware and keep in mind that as seasons change, expectations change. Be prepared to adjust with the seasons. Don't be so set on specific expectations that you can't see the beauty that comes with the change. Remember that no matter how well you work through these steps, there's going to be expectations that don't get met by both of you. Things happen. Mistakes happen. Misunderstandings happen. Just take each day step by step and walk your life out in forgiveness and grace for your spouse. Living a life of forgiveness and grace is living out the way Christ lived here for us. God sent his son to die on the cross so that we could be forgiven. We could experience his grace and his love and his presence. We couldn't before. So take that as you walk in your daily life with your spouse. Maybe what they did wasn't good. Maybe it hurt you big time. But choose love, forgiveness, and grace for your spouse so you can live a life on purpose. When you can live in grace and forgiveness, that sets up the rest of your marriage for a stronger connection and deeper bond, leading to a love that stands the test of time. There are so many more facets to expectations, but as you sit down and evaluate the expectations that you currently have, put it back into relationship with the purpose that God created marriage for. Are your expectations selfish, or are they set out of love and respect for the other person? And are they according to the purpose that God has created marriage for? and the purpose that he brought you two together for. This gives you a great start, even though there are so many more things to it. But keep in mind that as seasons change, expectations change. This gives you a great start to working on setting healthy expectations in your marriage. Remember, communication is key. If you can have a healthy, respectful conversation, then you are on a great start to being able to set healthy, effective expectations for each other. But remember, I'm here to help you walk through this too. But if you're feeling stuck, you can book a coaching session or even better, join us in the Restored Mama Method and we can work through it all together. As we bring this marriage series to a close, don't worry, this podcast is about motherhood and marriage, so we will talk plenty more about it as time goes on, but this particular series is coming to a close. I want to bring it to a close with this. Marriage is hard. That's part of why there are divorces, unhappy husbands and wives. It's not easy doing life with another person, but sometimes. Those things that seem to be the most difficult are the most rewarding. God created marriage, and he created it to be good. If your marriage isn't good, listen to these marriage episodes over and over and over. Read the Love and Respect book. I've linked that in the show notes for you. Dive into what God says in his word about marriage. Pray and work on yourself. If you put the work into it, the reward will be so worth the effort. God brought you two together. Find out his purpose for your marriage. Set a goal for where you want your marriage to be. Remember those expectations as you set it, of course. And keep God at the center. Then, 
your marriage will begin to thrive and you will begin to see the amazing things God intended for your marriage to be. It takes time. It takes effort. And it takes you two coming together as a team. You've got this. Let me close this out with a prayer. Thank you, God, for all the moms and dads, husbands and wives that are listening right now. Thank you for the purpose that you have brought them together, the purpose that their marriage has on this world to bring your light to the darkness. Thank you for all that you have planned and in store for them as they begin to work on their marriage and things begin to grow and come to a beautiful intertwining of your love and your grace. And they can show those around them who you are through their love for each other. I thank you that as they work out all the steps that we have done in this marriage series, that they are going to see who you are through each other. Thank you, God, that their marriage is going to grow and thrive and become such an amazing testimony to you, God. And I thank you that as they put the work in, they're going to see you do even more, abundantly more than what they could ask or think. God, you're so good. And marriage is so good because you created it. Help us to see the good in it. I love you, Lord. Thank you and amen. I'll see you later, husbands and wives. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast.gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.